Weekend Show with Ken Kidney. Good morning, good evening, good night, and welcome to the Weekend Show. My name, as always, is Ken Kidney, and I am joined by my enigmatic co-host, Garrett. Say hello, Garrett. Hi. Just hi this week. Very simple. Running out of ideas on episode 10. Coming up on the show this week, surprise, surprise, we bring you the week in words. You will hear all about the best of the web in Netflix. And in our spotlight, we bring things full circle and look back at the movie summer blockbuster season after our preview all the way back in episode two. Do you remember that, Gar? That was a long time ago. This is our 10th anniversary this week. Halcyon days of episode two back in the start of June. It's only gone downhill since. So, Gar, before we get to all that wonderful... Wunderbar. Wunderbar. Just when, when, you, when you stutter words, just shift to different languages. No one will notice. Exactly. I fluffed my lines there. But before we get to all that wonderfulness, that's what my mistake. I wrote wonderfulness in the script. And it's just like, first of all, it's not a word. It's, I don't think it's a word, no. And second of all, it's really hard to say. You're basically abandoning the English language. Anyway, Gar, my good man, how was your week? Okay, when the football season starts, you, you go with a sense of like boundless optimism. Anything can happen. Yeah, the old Liverpool, it's our year kind of deal. But it is our year. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> you, you, you're like, you go into the season, it's like, yeah, this is going to be, it's going to be a good year. Everything's going to go fine. It, well, no, it doesn't matter what, whether you're like a Cleveland Browns fan or a, a Liverpool fan, or can, in my case, a Sheffield United fan. Who? Exactly. <laughs> Sheffield United, like we won the league like 100 years ago. We, we were the first ever team to score a goal in the Premier League. So there's that. That's a thing. Are you the oldest team in, in England? Uh, the oldest, oldest professional team, I believe. Notts County is the oldest team, I think, isn't it? I think it's Sheffield FC. I think the Sheffield team, there's a Sheffield team that is the oldest team in England. Yeah. But we're, we're one of the, we have the oldest stadium, Bramall Lane. Bramall Lane. It's but, ancient. Um, but yeah, you, you go into the season with this, this sense of everything's going to be pretty good this year, you know? We're, we're going to get promoted, we're finally going to get our League One, and I'm going to be a happy camper. Ken, you hope you hope that feeling's going to last at least a few weeks. Yeah. You know, you hope it's like, oh, good start to the season, everything's happy, and then things fall apart. Ken, things fell apart on day one. Oh, I, I actually didn't see the score in our game. What happened? We were playing the, the Titans of football, Gillingham. We lost 4-0. Chilligum sounds like uh, a posh girl name. Yeah, or a, a flavor of jelly. Chillingham. Yeah. What kind of pudding? Pudding? Chillingham pudding? Chillingham were in the championship at one stage, though. We still it? lost 4 0, Ken, to Chillingham. 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 Is that a real place? It, it doesn't sound like a real place. It sounds like you fluffing your words. Okay, there is hope on the horizon because a, uh, a rather audacious and endeavoring person. Uh, simulated a game of football manager a thousand years into the future and apparently Burnley and Sheffield United win everything. Yeah, so I just have to wait until I'm dead for like uh, 880 years or not. Uh, that means I'm going to live to 120. I can't do math, Ken. Yeah, you have to wait. Like, you'd be dead for like a thousand years or something by the time they do it. But like, apparently they win the league like 109 times or something. I'll I'll take that. Every, and the football manager is clearly a, a real predictor of all real life. Yeah. Apparently the Metropolitan Police team ends up in the Premier League. Ooh, good for them. Good for them. You think they... They do good jobs, you know, serving our communities and helping our people. Good for them for being rewarded with lots of money for playing football. Do you think they play in full uniform, including the Hamlets? <laughs> they, they should. They're like police boots with studs on them. 
and then like then, then like when they're, they're 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 in they're like they're in the box and they're going for a free kick, they cut out the baton and <laughs> it just takes them out the knees. Takes them out the knees exactly. Did you do my, anything this weekend? My week was fairly quiet because I was working late all week. Um, yeah, literally, like I was. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's my week. <laughs> yeah, literally, I was trying to think of something for description. I was just like, um, uh, you know, looking forward to my vacation in a month. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's basically what and I'm living you, for you, now. You went to see Mission Impossible last night, which usually we would talk about, but uh, yeah, we're going to yeah. do, do exactly. the summer movie review we're, later. So. Exactly. We're, we're gonna, you we're see, gonna... I planned to talk about Fantastic Four here, but I'm going to talk about that later now. It's okay. like, uh, what else did I do this week? Okay, uh, so <laughs> that's basically what I do. Work, go to movies. Um, work, movies, uh, lounge around, watch TV, movies, work. Yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. Uh, pretend I'll exercise, but then, you know... Come up with I, silly excuses not to... It's kind of it's kind of dark outside. It looks like it's gonna rain. My knees a bit twingy. Yeah, that means I can't do like push-ups inside because you know rain throws everything off. Yeah, it's just like it's just like if it rains outside, then I can't. Obviously, like, the weather is gonna affect the, my exercise mood. Yeah, it creates a dreary mood inside, which doesn't pump you up for your exercise. Yeah, but then if it's sunny, it's too hot. Yeah, and then you just want to lie there and not move. It's like bleh. you want perfectly mild weather, and then it's like, oh, it's a little mild. That's mm. it's a little mild. It's very stuffy. <sighs> I'm just not feeling it. It's not feeling it. So you know, I'm just gonna my summer exercise schedule. I promised myself I get fit. I had a certain amount of success, but every weekend I seem to set myself back when I yeah. And you're not doing the rugby anymore. Yeah, you are a champion rugby player. I am a champion rugby rugby player uh, of of tag rugby. You should just retire. Never never touch a rugby ball again. <laughs> yeah, like, out and top. Like our dad played rugby for years and I won more than he did, he said. <laughs> yeah. He won a trophy or something once, didn't he? Or shield. Some kind of shield, some like kind of like, you know, one off shield game thing that it's his rugby career, that was his, his big win. Yeah. So I've won exactly the same amount in uh in the in the weeks your, that I played. Your masterful rugby skills and your your known coordination and hand eye ball handling skills. Basically I was the guy that rested the legs of the good players. I know what I was. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I had my role. You and get I, your medal. I scored one try. Yay. So I I Was I, it like I, one of those like sports movie things where it's like Ken scored and they lift you up on their shoulders and uh, march you around the pitch? No, it was part of a uh, our heaviest loss. So <laughs> it, well, it, didn't really, <laughs> it didn't really count. Your in. try was futile. It was futile. Next up is the legendary week in words. Hear all about it after a word from my main man, Bruce. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. This is the split that really has people upset. Miss Piggy and Kermit the Frog Say calling it, so. it quits. Say it ain't so. Kermit announced a split first in a press conference to reporters, but then issued a joint statement with Miss Piggy. Okay, we are really doing this, huh? In that statement, the on-again, off-again couple said they have made the difficult decision to terminate their relationship, their romantic relationship, but they still have a work relationship. They will continue to work together on their television show, The Muppets, which airs Tuesdays at 8, 7 o'clock Central. Devastating news in our top story this week, as one of Hollywood's most influential power couples went their separate ways after nearly four decades together. Gar, Kermit and Miss Piggy have broken up. Kent, as love led us here, right back to where we belong, Kent. Is this where we belong? In a world where Miss Piggy and, and Kermit the Frog are no longer together, making their creepy pig, half pig, half that was frog the, babies. That was the creepiest part of Muppets Most Wanted. They actually showed what frog babies would look like. 
like pink frogs and then there's like green pigs. <laughs> yeah, it's just, just like, like this is super creepy. This is not how it would happen. That's not how it would happen. It would be like a weird halfling thing that probably wouldn't live. Yeah, yeah, frogs with slippers and and bounciness that go yeah. Yeah, it's 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 not terrifying. It's, it's it, just terrifying. It is terrifying, but. Uh, they've announced that they have broken up just a month before the Muppets TV reboot premieres on ABC. It's a shame that the, the, the show has clearly put a strain on their relationship. Can't exactly. The, pa- the pressures of, of modern Hollywood and, and you know, the, the, the scene has, has, has driven them apart. A, a quote from the couples on their Facebook pages. That they have Facebook pages, by the way. They do. Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy have Facebook pages. Because they're real. I, I follow Miss Piggy on Twitter. She's hilarious. She is. She's sassy. After careful thought, thoughtful consideration, and considerable squabbling, Ken, do it in a Kermit voice. Come on. I can't, I Come can't on, Ken. After careful Miss Piggy made <laughs> the difficult decision to terminate our relationship, romantic relationship. We will continue to work together on television. The Muppets Tuesdays, 8 p.m. this fall on ABC. Cheap plug. He got his plug in there. He got his cheap plug in there. And in all media now known or hereafter devised in perpetuity throughout the universe. Good cover in his bases. Exactly. He's nothing if he's not comprehensive. However, our personal lives are now distinct and separate. And we are seeing other people, pigs, frogs, et al. What else, what else is, are they dating? <laughs> the interspecies. Frog giraffes? We're going to get frog giraffes soon, Ken. Frog giraffes. This is... This is our only comment up on, on the, this private matter. Thank you for understanding. Yeah, your Kermit, your Kermit is like a weird mix of Kermit and Piggy. It's like it kind of veers into Piggy every so often. I was trying to represent both of them, Gary. Ah, can can it's a sad day though. Can they've always had kind of a tumultuous relationship? Yeah, they've never know, really gotten along. She, uh, she wanted to get married. He had cold, webbed feet. <laughs> Uh, he couldn't never commit um, and it seems that has 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 fractured their relationship forever Gar. Yeah. was I dumb or was I blind or did I just lose my mind it appears Gar, that uh, a wedge was driven when uh, when Kermit took the eye of uh, another another woman I believe it was another pig Yes, uh, pigs works, are clearly his type. Who works in marketing in ABC apparently, which is confirmed on Twitter. Ah, ah, that little little frog likes his pigs, doesn't he? He, can't, he sees another pig and he just can't resist. Yeah, he wants his. He wants three little piggies. Why'd I go and throw the perfect dream away? Miss Piggy remained her confident self. As always, I'm just ignoring your singing. I'm just I'm going to sing songs from Muppets, uh, Muppets Treasure Island, all I like, Ken. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and this will be our. D- let us here. That's, that's right what... back to where we belong. Don't make me cry, Gar. Don't make me cry. I'm trying that's to finish this. That's a good this. film. I'm that's a, that's a, one of the underrated Muppet films. Yeah, it has a lot of good songs in it. Okay, I'll try and do a bigger. Dating law <laughs> oh, is like flying too close to the sun. It was inevitable that Kurt would drop down to the ground while I stayed in heaven, the heavens. It sounds like you're drowning. <laughs> yeah. So best to leave that there. Um, uh, love is dead. Let's yeah. Just, uh, let's just leave if, it there. if Kermit and Piggy can't make it work, Ken, 
what hope do the rest of us have? Absolutely none. We should just give up on doing anything. In fact, I'm just going to break up with my girlfriend because apparently love always dies and it's inevitable. You're just going to change the locks and when she's gone out of the moment when she gets back, it's like, Ken? <laughs> Ken? This is, this is it's for the best. Miss Kermit. Uh, Miss Kermit. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, Our love can never live up to their love. And their love died. Just, just, just accept it. The writing's on the wall. There's nothing perfect in the world. <laughs> Let's move on. Some say that the minions of Despicable Me are taking over the world, but this next story shows that the minion invasion may be more menacing than one might have thought. A giant minion. On the loose. What happened here? Stopping traffic. This is in Dublin, Ireland. Uh, it caused a traffic jam like you would not believe, but this is a 40-foot-tall minion. Ken, if you remember a few weeks ago, we surmised that that minion pushed that girl out of the window. Yes. The minions are despicable after all, and they're trying to take over the world using their cuteness and charm. Then pretended to save her. Yeah, it's like, oh, I didn't push her out the window. This weekend, a giant inflatable minion crashed onto a street in Dublin City. Yes. It was a 10-foot-tall inflatable minion. It just, just plummeted onto the middle of the road, it's nearly like, causing accidents. It's like the film came to life. Yeah, because it's just uh, Dublin instead of London. Yeah. London. But basically... It was a fairground promotion and it just like got out of its tethers and it just yeah, it ran, went on a rampage, rampage across Dublin. Ah, minion! There's a video on the internet. You'll be able to find it if you Google Dublin minion, I'd say. Yeah, I'd imagine that's all you'll ever need. <laughs> yeah, and uh, basically it, like, it, caused, it caused delight and terror yeah. in, in equal measure. People were like, that's so funny. But then there was a, a Dublin councillor. I think I have his name here somewhere. Uh, Paul McAuliffe. Paul McAuliffe, who was absolutely appalled. Yeah, as one would be, because the minions are trying to take over the world. Appalled. Oh, oh, because uh, 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 his name's McAuliffe. All <laughs> minions. I was, I was talking about Paul. Oh, I thought you were making a McCall all. I thought you were making a pun based on the all rather it than It works McCall. on both levels. It works. It, it's, a double, it's a double barrel joke. Yeah, but... Uh, as you said, Gareth, it's 10 meters high and it came loose from its moorings. That's a fancy word for ties or I, I don't know. Ropes. <laughs> Ropes. I don't know. It's on the Swords Road and it fell onto oncoming traffic. Clipping the wings of cars. Yeah. <laughs> Particularly windy spell. Yeah. It must be like, like, but like, I saw, I saw it and it's just like, it should be like fu funny, but it's actually quite terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Mommy, the minion. <laughs> <laughs> They finally come to kill us all. We can't trust them, Ken. We, this is the second minion-related incident where somebody nearly got hurt. Exactly. They're they're like, doki doki ha banana, and then take over the world and kill us all. Exactly. We're like, oh look, minions. We like them. They're nice and adorable and funny and do antics and, and banter. They and they lure us into a false sense of security. And then they push us out windows and crush us with giant ten-foot-tall versions of themselves. So, and then so Bob can take over yeah. as our king. King Bob. King Bob. Uh, a quote from Councillor McAuliffe. I don't want to sound like a killjoy, but... Too uh, late, Paul. <laughs> too late, Paul. But if that had landed on a cyclist, for instance, it could have been serious. If you take the minion part out of it, 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 if this large inflatable weather balloon that had been properly... Not been properly... T no, wait. What's he talking about? Basically, he's saying if, if this wasn't a minion and something else, it would be scary. Yeah. But because it is a minion, it's hilarious. Yeah. And Paul, you're right. That's like saying if you take jokes out of jokes, they wouldn't be funny. 
Jeez, Paul. Apparently, he's ordered a full report as to whether the health and safety protocols were, 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 were solved. He called it a health and safety nightmare. But minions don't adhere to health and safety, Ken. They kill everybody. Yeah. That's what they do. Yeah. Did they watch the minions film? They kill okay. Dracula. They kill all these other people. Do you, do you think the report's going to be like, well, we found from our research watching the minions film <laughs> yeah. that uh, these minions... Uh, Large been, minions can cause panics and chaos. And we, have known have been known to be accidentally homicidal. Yeah. So we should really uh, lock them all up in jail and never let them out. And don't give them other feature films. Minions don't deserve feature films, Ken, when they're trying to kill each other. They're only few, kill us. It's, it's, only adding, it's only adding to their terror funds. Yeah. They made a lot of money. Forget ISIS. The threat of our time is minions. Gary. Minions. Minions will overtake ISIS. They'll just be flooding in our streets. There'll be millions of them. Don't trust the minions, everybody. They're trying to kill us. They're coming for your children. You'll get them first. You'll come home and the children will be gone. And then you'll be like, oh, where's little Jimmy? Oh, minion. We're veering into the creepy guy. <laughs> I can imagine like the, 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 the scores of people. Scores. Scores. I scores, I say. Four that. scores in the seven years ago. We had listeners. <laughs> <laughs> the scores of people that listen will be clicking fast forward right now. With your, with your yeah, the, the old 15 second button past the creepy minion rant. <laughs> past your creepy whispery voice. Let's, let's move on to the next story. Everyone knows that late night talk show hosts never write their own jokes, but it seems... They don't tweet their jokes either. Conan O'Brien sued for Twitter joke theft. Our favorite late-night funny man, Conan O'Brien, and his production company, Conaco LLC, are the target of a lawsuit filed by a San Diego man claiming Conan stole his jokes. Now, Gareth, that link is slightly tenuous because he d it's not about him st uh, tweeting jokes. It's just, uh, basically, uh, late-night talk show host Conan O'Brien faces lawsuit for allegedly stealing jokes from Southern... California man's Twitter. Have we ever stolen anybody's jokes, Ken? Uh, probably. You know, like, but like, their argument is that like uh, everyone's going to comment on these big issues, and yeah. like, there's so many jokes out there that you know you're probably two gonna... people are going to come to the same conclusions. Yeah, that's that's going to happen. Two people are going to make the same joke independently of like major current events. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, do you own a joke? Yeah. Like, do you have the right to, to, like, all future financial earnings from that joke if you made that joke first? Yeah, but Twitter are... are Is that are, your intellectual property? Yeah, Twitter are actually moving towards tweets becoming intellectual property. Ah. They're actually making moves towards that now. It's also a dangerous precedent if you say something stupid. Yeah, exactly. You'd be held accountable. But, like, yeah. th but there are cyberbullying laws, so, like... If you tweet something malicious, then you can be prosecuted for it. Oh, in yeah, because well. that's the, the reason, usually the word used regarding a tweet is you publish a tweet. Exactly. Because publishing uh, carries connotations of ownership. And liability. Yeah. But basically, the first joke allegedly stolen was posted in, on the plaintiff's blog in January. I read this joke. I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. I, I, I think I might have a quote. Basically, he's from San Diego, if mm -hmm. you're interested, if you want to try and find him. San Diego. You're going near San Diego soon. You should go find him. Knock on his door. He's like, don't you mess with Conan. He's a nice <laughs> man. He's delightful. Basically, he's taken Conan O'Brien and the Conan team to court, alleging the talk show stole his jokes on social media. So he's 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 like he's trying to um, to reinforce or start a precedent for tweets being property. And you see people stealing Twitter jokes all the time. Yeah. You know, you see when someone sees a tweet go viral in some way, some kind of joke, they'll probably just 
cut and paste and hope it happens to them too. Piggyback on the retweets. In case you notice, man, I'm going to name him. Are we allowed to name him? Or are we biasing Donald? I have no idea. I don't you know did media I law. You took some of that when you were in college. But uh, I did like some consumer law because I'm business. We're going to remain objective in this. Robert Alexander Caseberg uh, has filed a copyright infringement lawsuit, which it's groundbreaking in some ways because, as I said, it is kind of going to make some kind of precedent for whether tweets can be uh, can be claimed as. You actually have to watch what you tweet rather than spewing nonsense all over the place. <laughs> exactly. uh, he, he basically. He's suing copyright infringement and and uh, TBS Conan executive producer Jeff Ross and Conan head writer Mike Sweeney stole four jokes first seen on his blog and Twitter account. He filed a lawsuit on July 22nd, so it's going to be going on for a while, I imagine. Can, well, is someone going to sue us, Kent? Because we've surely, we've surely stolen a joke. What if you unwittingly steal a joke? Yeah, you just kind of say something that's similar. And that's, like, that's the thing, as I said, that's the thing about jokes. There's some jokes that are easy jokes. Yeah. And when everyone makes them, can the first person who made it sue everyone else? That's probably why I think this is going to fail, because it sets a dangerous precedent, especially in Americans who are kind of lawsuit happy in the first they place. Are. They do like suing over everything. Yeah, it's a culture that's kind of spreading to Ireland, unfortunately. But... Uh, I more than likely won't sue you, folks. Yeah. Unless you do something like terrible to me. Yeah, not that kind of. Unless, unless you steal our podcast. Yeah. Don't then steal. we're coming for you. Then we're coming for you hard, hard and fast. Anyway, get back to the story. But yeah, it, it would set a dangerous precedent of people claiming, saying that they, you know, that they own things that they probably don't, and then, you know, trying to cash in on it. Quote from the Conoco family. It's hard to say. Conoco. Conoco, Conoco. Why, why is it called Conoco? It's his, his production company. Yeah, but it's, it's a silly, silly name. I don't know. You're anyway. a silly name to production company, Conan. You'll oh. never hear this, but you should know I said it. We'll tweet it to him and see what he says. He probably won't. Repro- yeah, he'll <laughs> just totally ignore us. Yeah. <laughs> like most tweets directed at celebrities. <laughs> Considering we- like the, the masses of tweets that are directed at celebrities, like there, there's millions of them every day that are totally ignored. That's a lot of wasted productivity. It is. We at the Conoco family firmly believe that there is no merit in this lawsuit. Of course he's going to say that. Well, yeah. They don't want to give over any money. Said Drew Shane, a spokesperson for Conoco LLC. It's actually a a company. Yeah, all these people have their full-on companies. To NBC San Diego in a statement, Conoco LLC is a production company behind Conan, Mm -hmm. which we just said. Yep. So the first joke allegedly stolen was... I I don't get it, Ken. Okay. Explain explain this joke to me because I don't get it. Let me read it first <laughs> and then we'll talk about it. Okay. Jeez. Was posted on Caseberg's online blog on January 14th, poking fun at the uh, a Delta Airlines flight. Uh, quote, a Delta flight this week took off from Cleveland to New York. Cleveland. Cleveland. Like a Land con- of Cleves I said and it cleavage. Like, I said it like it was a country or something. With just two passengers, they fought over control of the armrest the entire flight. The joke read. Is that what you're having trouble with? Yeah. What? It, what's the What's the joke? Well, like I think the joke is that like there's a whole plane and there's no reason for them to sit together. Okay. And then like you know if you're sitting next to someone sometimes you have to fight for it you have to have, be able to rest your elbow on the armrest. Yeah. And but like on this flight you didn't have to do that because you could have sat anywhere. Okay. So like the joke is that they sat together and fought over the armrest. Ken. What? Can you sue people over bad jokes? <laughs> yeah, we'll start. Like we'll get publicity for the the podcast by sounding, fighting another suit for for, for, for 
emotional distress after <laughs> that terrible joke. Your joke was terrible person whose name I've already forgotten and I can't sue you because I've forgotten your name. The claim is that that same evening the joke appeared on Conan's late night monologue. Uh, three other alleged stolen jokes uh, include topics like American football star Tom Brady. One of the most relevant figures in the American culture. And one of the most uh, like the most talked about. Guarantee that was a balls joke. The, it was just, the, it was a, probably a balls joke and Conan made another balls joke and like every other late night show made a balls joke. Yeah, but I was, I was trying to say... That, they all made similar balls I was jokes. Trying to they say sue each other. I was going to, I was going to say, it's probably about deflate gate. I can't, I find that, I find that really hard to say. Deflate gate. But like everyone talks so about... sinister. Everyone, everyone talked about that. So it was like, like obviously there's going to be some crossover there. The Washington Monument was another uh, stolen Which joke. Is, that's going to be a penis joke. Yeah. As uh, I said, one's a balls joke, one's a penis joke. And, These are easy jokes and to make. Speaking of penis jokes, Caitlyn Jenner, again, one of the most uh, public figures in the last like three months. Uh, he's being modest with his claim, guy. He's only looking for six hundred uh, hundred thousand. Does he really think his jokes are worth that much money? By the way, yeah, especially that first one, which is terrible. For a show that runs four times a week, yeah, your jokes aren't worth that much. It's like, lads, give me a five or go away. Four jokes. So how much is that? That's like five or a joke. That's a hundred and fifty thousand a joke. Yeah. I don't think their writers are being paid that much per joke. And like, I don't yeah. think their writers are being paid that much per per freaking three years. And this, and that joke did not generate that much revenue for yeah. the show. How does he? How does he reasonably like? Oh, emotional damage over people saying my joke on TV. I don't know about the world anymore, Gar. People just everyone's suing everyone. I as I said, I won't sue you. Unless, you you out there in podcast land, I probably will never sue you. Yeah, I'll make that kind of promise to you. <laughs> until until you actually do sue someone's them. gonna use that as evidence in court someday <laughs> i'm gonna be suing somebody and they're gonna be like you said in a podcast that time you wouldn't sue me so, you, well um, you got me there <laughs> okay case closed this next story made me feel totally inadequate there's no link there that was just a statement a 12 year old schoolgirl in liverpool england has a higher iq score than albert einstein she scored 162, which is two points higher than that of famed physicist and professor Stephen Hawking. Ken, there are, there are smart people in the world. Mm -hmm. I've come to accept that. Yes. I've come to accept that there are people who are smarter than me. Finally. <laughs> yeah, it's an <laughs> ego thing. What I, what I can't accept, Ken, are people who are considerably younger than me being considerably smarter than me. A 12-year-old girl has a higher IQ than even, like, Stephen Hawking and Albert Einstein can. 12-year-old girl, uh, Nicole Barr from Essex, officially has a higher IQ than Einstein and Stephen Hawking after she aced the test by Mensa. The Society for Geniuses. Yeah, I'll never get in there. No, but apparently she got, like, the top score possible as well, as, she, as in she got a perfect score. She broke the IQ test. As in, like, we Mensa, need a new test because of her. Mensa uh, as might in, as well name it after her. They made Mensa made her their new queen. Yeah, the the bar test. It's the the new bar for intelligence. It's the the high bar. It might it might actually Puns. cause confusion because there's already a bar in you know in New York or whatever. Well, they should change it. Well, there there's the 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 the, the law thingy is the bar test. Yeah, she she can make them change it. When yeah, she's the queen of the world. She's super smart. She's going to be ruling us. Yeah, exactly. Barr took the test after her father, Jim, suspected she, she'd be fit for the society and brought her along to sit the exam. So it's not like she wasn't like, oh, I'm super smart. I'm going to be super smart and take the super smart test. Her dad's like, uh, love, do you want to go? Do you want to go take the smart test there to see how smart you are? See what happens. Yeah, but she is super smart. 
He told Yahoo, I was expecting her to do well. I knew she had a, a quick mind for working out problems and puzzles. I didn't want to put any pressure on her, so we went for the fun of it. Turns out she's a super genius. Pressure on her, though. Imagine yeah. me told, you're a super genius at uh, 12. She has an IQ of 162, which is, like, apparently... Huge. Like, oh, 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 among the, the top percentage of the population, I think. I have no idea what my IQ is. I'm afraid to test it. Is that the population of the world, you think? Or probably just the UK, I'd imagine. Um, I don't know. Well, if, if, if 62 is the highest possible score, surely it's in the top 1% on the planet. No, 162 is our, our IQ. Yeah, but it says, you, you have here in the script, Ken, that it says the highest possible, that's the highest possible score. Ah. You wrote that on the script. So, like, that's a weird number. It is. You need to round it off to, like, 170 or something. It's probably, there's probably some reasoning behind it. Yeah. So, 162 is the highest IQ a person can have? Or uh, So, so your script informs me. <laughs> <laughs> you did the research I for the segment, Ken. I didn't read it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Anne Clarkson of Mensa's. Mensa said that Nicole's score puts her in the top 1% of the population. Oh, and her dad said, I was always proud. The test hasn't changed anything. Oh, there was, I think someone told me, I'm not sure if this is true or not, I think, uh, but someone told me she's a member of the traveling community. Huh. Like, uh, so, you know, that's nice to see. Because, uh, you know, traditionally and rather stereotypically, people uh, think that traveling, the traveling community plays no value in education and yeah. they, they wouldn't allow her to have the opportunities like like that because she says going forward she wants to be a doctor i i i think she i i want to suggest an alternative career path for her i think a more reasonable career path she should not not be a doctor again she should go to disney and reboot smart guy as a smart girl smart girl make the money she's a smart girl do 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 She's that's that's she's, the only reasonable career path here. She's probably going to end up on reality, reality TV someday. <laughs> yeah. That, Here's that super smart girl from when she was 12. Now she's doing something stupid. Yes. But she wants to invent a new medicine. She hasn't decided which one yet. Yeah, she's just going to pick the medicines. She's just like, hmm, I feel like curing cancer today. And then on her 13th birthday, she cures cancer. She makes me feel inadequate, Ken. Makes me feel, feel lesser of myself. <laughs> I wasn't a genius when I was 12. I was barely even a functioning human being when I was 12. Yeah. I was just like, the Pokemon cards. <laughs> I'm still like, the Pokemon, <laughs> Pokemon cards. cards. Well, not to spoil my netpicks, but my netpicks is directly related to Pokemon. <laughs> so basically, maybe we spend too much time focusing on Pokemon cards and less on, on mathematics. I will have a happier life, even if it's a dumber life. Yeah, I, like one of these days, we're going to bump into her and she's going to be like, Super stressed because she's like, oh, I have to cure cancer. I have that pressure on me. Or is it in this case, again, ignorance truly is bliss. Yeah. We are the masses and I'm okay with it. Yeah. That sobering story puts the week in words in the rear view mirror for another week. More stories on the next episode. We will be right back after a quick break with Netflix. Why not stick around? You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Welcome back to the Weekend Show. It's time for our weekly roundup of the best of the web in Netflix. If you don't know how this segment goes by now, let me enlighten you. We will give you some carefully curated picks available to access or purchase on the World Wide Web. What have you got for us this week, Gar? Uh, this week, as I just mentioned in the previous segment, uh, Pokemon on Netflix. Ooh. Yeah, because uh, the, the original Pokemon series is up on Netflix, plus the film and some of the later series. 
I've, I've been dipping in and out because I, I, a few years ago I watched all of it because I'm weird. Yeah, you, d- you actually downloaded all of it. That's commitment. It took yeah. ages. Yeah, and I watched I, I watched right up to the middle of Johto. That's a great theme song. Pokemon series. Uh, the theme songs have gone downhill recently. That's my main gripe with the theme songs. Yeah. They've actually gone back to the original one. Because it was the best. Yeah, the Power Rangers have done that as well. They went back to the original one. And Digimon are rebooting the original series or doing a sequel to the original series this week. Or not this week, this year. Nostalgia is big business. We say this all the time. It yeah, works. It like, works. Let's just go back to the thing that worked. The thing that people liked in the first place. Yeah. But I've been dipping. I, I like that Pokemon series, the original one. It's actually surprisingly sharp. It's sharper than I remember it being. It's funny. It's just kind of yeah. goofy and dumb and funny. And Ash never wins anything with, with Marish. Yeah. He's terrible. He's a terrible Pokemon trainer. Basically, he, he, he wins stuff because he's a nice fella. Yeah, he's been doing this for like 17 years, Ken. He should be the greatest Pokemon trainer on planet Earth. But he's too busy giving up his Pidgeot and giving up his Butterfree and throwing his Charizard to the Charizard people. Then Squirtle stay with the Squirtle squad. He's not He's not actually keeping his Pokemon to beat everybody. Exactly. He's like, no, you are my property. You are going nowhere. Yeah, I'm going to beat all the Pokemon trainers and then rule them like a Pokemon dictator being Pokemon League champion. Yeah, he's Charizard like as a boss and he's just like, yeah, you do your own thing. It's fine. And like, like, no, you belong to me. I spent all this time getting you to like me and then I let you go. No, no. So what we've learned through 17 years of of Pokemon is Ash is a dumbass. He is. He's stupid. Brock's not it anymore. That disappoints me. I like Brock. Brock always looks like he's sleeping. Horrible misogynist. (laughs) <laughs> it's kind of racist <laughs> <laughs> but it's true though he looks like he's like sleepy all the time desperately chasing every woman he ever comes across he just wants to find love Gar. what's wrong with it's that kind of a creepy character though it's just like I love you he's a bit of a perv he's a bit of a stalker <laughs> he's a bit of a perv he really is but yeah like now that we're actually digging into it Pokemon like why do we like Pokemon if they're, one of them is like an idiot that never learns anything yeah are, are, are really gullible and the other one's a pervert and then there's team rocket who have been trying for like 16 years to take the same pikachu and failing over and over again you think you find a new life goal after you, that they, 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 amount of time they could have legitimately conquered the world jesse and james probably could have like stolen every other pokemon but no they want that ashes pikachu they're going to chase him all over the world and fail over and over and over and over again to get his pikachu it's gonna happen this time yeah me out. That's right. You're not really selling it at the moment, Gary. You're not selling Pokemon on Netflix. Yeah, but it's still fun to watch, Ken. It's fun to watch. It's kind of like one of those shows, like you know what's going to happen, but you yep. enjoy you enjoy the ride anyway because it's easy. Yeah, surprisingly good music. Yeah. Not just the theme songs. The actual music in the show is actually very good. Yeah. Do you think that came from Japan or came from the people who produced it in the English redub? I think it depends. I think the score stuff came from Japan. Yeah. But then the kind of and uh, like the the older series had like songs that they would play at the end of the episodes, like the Pokemon rap. And, yeah, and the uh, Jenny, oh Jenny, joy, oh this is the singing podcast. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm just gonna sing for the whole podcast. The weekend show, the musical. Yeah, starring Gar, just Gar. If we do a musical edition, you're out. Oh, I have a, a lovely voice, a lovely voice. Some might sing a sing a Pokemon theme song. I wanna be. The very best. Ba-da-dum. No one ever was. To catch them, my real test. And train them is my cause. Pokemon. See? We're very good. If you're still listening, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> We're very good singers. 
So my first pick this week is an Instagram account. Well, a, a series of accounts. Na- National Geographic have a, a quite a presence on Instagram. They have Nat Geo Travel, uh, Nat Geo Creative, and then just the, the ordinary uh, main profile. But the reason I say this is, like, if you're a fan of Instagram, if you have Instagram on your phone, which is probably everyone that listens, everyone has Instagram. Even I, even I buckled and got an Instagram. Uh, it's just like, like you know, one of the main reasons I subscribe to the magazine is because of the amazing photography. And if you're bored, like, and you need some time to kill, uh, or like something to do when you're just like on a train or something, or on a bus, like, and look at these photographs, like, it's it's amazing. Yeah, a lot of them are like mind-bogglingly beautiful. And it's just like, how did you like, like, because if I take a picture on my phone, it might be blurry. It looks terrible. The lighting might be terrible. It looks terrible. They must have these like, like, super sophisticated cameras that literally can just like suck in the moment. <laughs> it actually, yeah, it actually, it's it's like the old school cameras that people thought they were doing. They they do legitimately steal the landscape, yeah. just takes it and puts it into a photo to keep forever. Steals the soul of the of the of the subject, but like. It's just like they're so good at capturing moments in time. Uh, their wildlife photography is some of the best I've ever seen. So and it's just, and they're, they're, like each uh, picture tells a story, and then they have a little tiny editorial underneath in, in the description to tell you what it's about. Uh, so it's educational uh, if you don't have time to read the whole magazine. It's educational and it's extremely visually appealing. So I would really recommend the the Instagram National Geographic accounts. That's Nat Geo. Nat Geo Travel and Nat Geo Creative, which is for like people who want, uh, uh, you know, who have uh, a passion for photography and they want to to do kind of uh, new things with 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 the way they use their cameras, fancy techniques. Exactly. What do you got for us, Gareth, for your your final pick? Following through on the Muppet theme, Ken. We talked about Kermit and Piggy last, or the, earlier. We talked about the Muppet. We're, we're very Muppets heavy these, these days. How can you not be? The Muppets are delightful, Ken. They're, they're like statistically speaking, one of the most delightful things on planet Earth. They are amazing. Go if, ahead. If you don't like the Muppets, there's something deeply wrong with you. Proceed. Deeply, Ken. deeply wrong with you. And if you like the Muppets too much, there's something deeply, deeply wrong with Just you. Just like you, Ken. You have a Muppet. I do have a Muppet. I have a book signed by Jim Henson. Yeah, you made your own Muppet. Greg? Greg. Greg Schwartz. You took him to a job interview once. I did. It nearly worked. It went over. Yeah, it worked. It, it nearly worked. It's yeah. different. Yeah. Anywho, Muppets. Uh, there's nothing I like more than Muppets just just uh, parodying uh, well-known songs. And uh, this week they released their parody of Jungle Boogie, mostly starring um um what what's their name the the band. Uh, uh, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. Yes, mostly starring them and Sam the Eagle. Sam the Eagle is extremely reluctant to get down and boogie <laughs> because he's like, get down, get down. No, this is stupid. Ah, uh, Sam. Sam is the, is, the, is the voice of reason within the Muppets. But they do win him over in the end where he's just like, Arr. and then he starts dancing. He's <laughs> like, get down, get down. But it's delightful. Top-notch Sam impression. Yeah. yeah. yeah anything the Muppets do is delightful. Where can they, our loyal listeners find this guy? On the wonderful world of YouTube. Most of, this new thing that, yeah. uh, that you can actually watch lots of videos on it. This new fact of website. I only discovered it this week. I yeah. Imagine I, people who didn't know YouTube existed. Yeah. That's like, what are you doing? It's like, if you want to watch a video online, you YouTube it. Yeah. It's, 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 it's on par with Googling now. Yeah. What, what are you doing with your life? How are you not spending like... 40% of your time on YouTube. YouTube is cool though, isn't it? Yeah, it's just, it's just like, it's a new television in a sense. Yeah, it's just like, 
but I, I want to watch theme songs from 90s cartoon shows. I don't find it. It's illegal, probably. In yeah. some cases, some of them upload it themselves, but... The, the people who don't upload them themselves are behind the times. Because, like, people are going to do it with or without your permission. You might as well get the revenue for it. Exactly. But that's uh, the Muppets singing Jungle Boogie. What is Jungle Boogie? Is that a new song? No, it's a, it's a classic, classic, like, uh, song. I don't know current current songs. I don't know any current music. I'm not up with current music, so I thought uh, that might have been like uh, an, new... an Iggy Azalea song that you've hadn't heard of. Yeah, with Rihanna and and Nicki Minaj and Flo Rida. <laughs> well, Flo Rida's on everything. I think that's a fact. And Ariana Grande. Yes, yeah, so these people who I I couldn't pick out of a lineup. Like every song featuring Flo Rida. Yeah, I couldn't pick. I I if you played these songs, I'd be like, who is this? What is this? I I'm confused. What is the young people? Yeah, young people, like, I'm 23, and young people culture has already passed me by. Yeah. My final pick is the Netflix original documentary, Tig, following the uh, a period in the life of the comedian Tig Notaro. Have you ever seen her, girl? She's kind of a, a regular on late night shows and stuff. Never heard of her. But uh, she's kind of like a, a very dry humor, very kind of, um, she kind of, she's a slow builder. She doesn't kind of, like, do, like, a joke a minute. She kind of really kind of takes her time and paces out jokes more kind of the storytelling joke rather than the yeah. kind of like boom boom jimmy carroll one-liner jokes but basically um it, te- it tells the story of a period in her life where she got a very serious uh illness uh like a, like uh, an autoimmune disease then her mother died and then to top it all off she got cancer that's fairly crappy breast cancer and like she kind of she kind of made a good point like she's like she's like almost couldn't believe that she had cancer she's like she's like i already had these two bad things happen to me this cannot be cancer it's just like i've had my fair share surely things have to even out a little (laughs) yeah i've had my fair share but uh it tells the story of how she went uh on stage shortly after her diagnosis like she was literally wasting away she was sick really sick like but she went on and she spoke candidly about her her time uh like her 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 time as you know uh, uh, uh having cancer like and and uh, how her mother just died and you know she would she was originally asked to do stand up about it and she just thought like what's funny about this i don't find anything funny like my mother died you know i, I had a, a serious illness but then when she said when she got cancer she kind of weirdly saw the funny side kind of like, dark humor finally like, came out as in what possibly what else more, could go wrong what more could happen to me and the the set she did at the Largo uh, she she did it and uh, I think it was at the Largo Theater she, which is her regular spot in Los Angeles in Los Angeles where thrilling adventure hours recorded exactly and she uh it went viral she was more famous than ever she was quite a, a successful comic she had a regular spot and she did a lot of TV shows but like it went viral she like she was more successful than ever and uh I, I you know she uh she had her trans cancer treatment and uh she thankfully beat it. And uh, it was about her kind of, kind of first of all, like being reluctant to get back into stand up because she, she was so successful with that one set, that was like trailblazing, and she's like, she she could she like it was really interesting. She just like she she like she found it hard to cope with the pressure. You know, she was just recovering from an illness, and she just had had all this pressure to kind of to deliver and follow up, and she's like apparently just really lost the ability to. To do stand up for a while, which is the one thing that came naturally to her, the one thing she always knew how to do. Mm. So it's as much it's about her recovering uh, from from cancer, but it's also about her finding her voice again, and then it's about her trying to kind of 
rebuild her life without her mother trying to build her own family it's like it's really funny she's a very funny comedian but it's also a really a really thoughtful documentary on how you should just make the most of your life because you just never know what's going to happen and if and bad news comes in three so just because you have one bad thing happen to you doesn't mean you're out of the woods so you know uh you gotta have to kind of look at life with a bit of hubris and and you know uh, take advantage of it while you can so that's take on netflix it's available on all netflix it's a netflix original and i highly recommend you check it out netflix do good stuff they do they really do good programming it's almost like the, one of the better networks these days almost. and they have they have faith in their stuff like i saw they renewed sensate this week which i didn't see a lot of people like wow sensate i, I saw a few people that liked it but like they, they like they really have faith in there it's like okay second season exactly. we, we we trust it exactly they'll give it they'll give it time and let it grow before they're like no no you know whereas like, like yeah networks are just like nope failed gone <laughs> they're kind of more patient because they just need content and like like because it's not as if it's a network where it airs for a certain amount of period might rerun yeah. but like it'll go away for a while and it's not reliant on advertisers as well exactly and like they they can leave it there long term so like they have a longer time to make money with it so that's probably why they're more patient that's all the fine selections we have for you on this episode more again next week Coming up next, we discuss and review the summer blockbuster schedule. But first, the dulcet tones of our favorite voiceover man, Bruce. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. We're fans of closure here on the Weekend Show, Ken. So we thought we would bring you the companion piece to our summer movie preview that we did all the way back on episode two. So we'll look back at a jam, another jam-packed season and give you the biggest hits and the major misses. Perhaps most importantly, give you the it will end the suspense and let you know who was king of the summer box office, who sat on top like the the T Rex of films. Spoilers. Yeah, you basically. Well, anyway, everyone. Knows. Everyone knows how successful that film was. We'll we'll, we'll get to the top five list later. So, basically, the start of the uh, summer movie season was probably the Avengers: yep. Age of Ultron. You could argue it goes far as far as Fury 7, but that was early April, which is a little early to call summer. But it was one of the blockbusters coming yep. le- leading into the season. But we're not, we're not, we're not including it in summer. Yeah, that's so, in, that's in the spring movie season. So, did Avengers deliver for you, Gar? It's it's not as good as the first one, which I think no. was always going to be its downfall. But it was significantly different, so it didn't try to 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 tread the same ground, which I appreciated. Yeah, it was just it was just a good action film more than like the first one is is like a tremendous action film. Yeah, the it, stakes it, were a little hokey in this one. I thought. Yeah, it's because because the, the idea I always thought of of having like they call it their phase, the phase two. Yeah. Was that the the preceding films would lead into the Avengers. Yeah. Which it never really did in this instance, did it? Yeah. And that was the success of the first one, I think. And, yeah. Um, that's, it did it surpass the first one in terms of gross? I think it, no, it didn't. didn't. So it got close, though. They're quite similar in terms uh, of... Th- this one made, I think it was about a, a hundred million between them, give or take. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah, the first one made about 1.5, nearly 1.6. This one made 1.4. Well, just low end 1.3, but rounded up. I think it was like 1.398 or something. So, uh, like, I think, do you think maybe that, like, uh, they kind of not let one slide? Because obviously, you know, they need to make a good film because people, uh, like, but like, th- these film, this film was going to be a success whether it was good or not. Do you think that that's maybe a bit of complacency crept in? And also the fact that they're going to look into the two part. Uh, yeah, I think they have their eye further down the line. Yeah. 
particularly like Civil War looks like more of a freaking Avengers, Avengers film, film than Avengers because it has Ant-Man in it. It has, it has Spider-Man in it. It yeah. has Captain America, Iron Man. It has everyone in it. Exactly. And and um, so may- and maybe they're looking for uh, and the, they're looking forward to Infinity War more. Yeah. than I think phase three. I, I'm worried about where the, this this studio will go after phase three. Yeah. Because I think phase three will be the end of like this kind of real cycle, this kind of bunch of superheroes. Yeah. Because I don't I don't think we'll see much of Chris Evans or Robert Downey Jr. post phase three, particularly Robert Downey Jr., who I don't think we'll see at all post phase three. Do you three. think Infinity War is going to include the Guardians of the Galaxy? It should, because like the, the lead villain in Infinity War is going to be Thanos. That's what they've been building to since he showed up in the first Avengers yeah. film. And there is an Infinity Stone in the first Guardians film. And Thanos played a role. He was actually in guardians of the galaxy exactly like, he was actually a character so surely surely that means they come together but then they're like are you like it's, it's gonna be a huge payoff as in like this film's probably like just it, over the two of them it's gonna gross like three billion dollars yeah i think i think it should bring literally every single element together yeah like your dare even your daredevils and your your kind of marvel or your netflix marvel shows and then your agents of shield on tv and then all the films just shove it all together. Just nerdgasm it. Yeah, everyone in the same film, go nuts. Because you have two films. You have what is going to be probably about five hours worth of films, maybe a little less. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of time to fit all those people in. They're going to release... They're not going to wait too long, though. Uh, do you remember Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3? They kind of did the thing where they released them. Not like They were like, they were like six months apart. Or they're almost concurrently, yeah. They didn't really wait a year like I they would one usually. I think was, one was like Christmas, one was like summer, wasn't it? One was like May, one was like Christmas, yeah. So yeah. like... Um, so like I, I actually kind of like that. Like that is just like uh, they did the same thing with the Lord of the Rings films. They didn't make us wait too much, you know, because yeah. they had the films made and because they filmed them all back to back, Lord of the Rings as well, and released them two thousand one, two thousand two, two thousand three, and they did the same with the Hobbit films, where it was like where you film all and then release them year after year after year. Yeah, but this one is going to be released like w- less like the 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 third one, part one and part two are going to release with within maybe six months. I think it is. I think it's, is it the year. I thought it was uh, part one is summer 20, whatever, 2019. And then part two is 2020. I don't know. That seems a bit bit much to me. I like like the approach of doing this kind of a six months, seven months, maybe. Yeah. But it remains to be seen. We'll move on. Uh, Tomorrowland. (sighs) Tomorrowland. It could have been so much better, Gary. Oh, Tomorrowland. I really wanted to like Tomorrowland. I really wanted to like Tomorrowland, Ken. And I saw the trailers. And and one of the, the cool things about the film, we talked about this at the time, was... Uh, they did a very good of protecting, uh, very good job of protecting, I should say, uh, what the film was about. So, like, I like going into a film not knowing what to expect. That's kind of uh, like and discovering the film as it unfolds. That's kind of a, a, a really novel approach. And I had George Clooney, who was always likable. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know. I, uh, and George Clooney was good in it, but like, I just don't think they had did. They did enough to. First of all, I was confused what was at stake for the entire film because they didn't really reveal it until the very end. Yeah, and then uh, they kind of t- uh, there's this machine thing. I don't know, ruining the world. They, <laughs> they kind of alluded to it in the start, and then they kind of and, and it's like, oh, that was the thing. I didn't even pay attention to that because there, there's so it had so much going for it that I like. Brad Bird's a really good director. Yeah, George Clooney's the coolest guy on earth. Yeah, it had a really cool kind of fantasy setting, which is right up my alley. And you know, future, which uh, a future and time travel and the whole lot uh well not time travel but interdimensional travel yeah so it had a lot of elements that could have made it like totally uh, and a lot of elements that are like right up my street and disney just didn't do it disney owned me disney pretty much owned my life um i don't know it just kind of fell flat for me it just didn't yeah it just it was just 
I really wanted to like it, Ken. And it's just, you're just sitting there. It's like, oh, this is fine. I, I, didn't, I didn't find myself really, in, I find myself almost like, and this is this is a really bad sign for film, like sitting there just kind of tolerating it until it was over. Occasionally checking the time. Yeah, it's just like, oh, how long is left in this? It wasn't a bad film. Oh, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't say I, didn't, I wouldn't want my money back kind of thing. But yeah, it, it's just but like, it was just like, I was really hoping for more from that. And I really like the message of the film that it's like, it's easy to be cynical. It's hard to believe in things and people should yeah. believe in things more than being cynical. They just couldn't take the easy way out. But they kind of got lost along the way and the storytelling was a bit uneven and yeah. the villain was a bit weak. So it, it, it just, it didn't hit on enough elements that, like if it hit on all the elements that it had in play and it, it told uh, uh, a story that made sense, it would have been a lot better film, but I, I don't see a sequel to this, to be honest. No. Up next was Mad Max, Ken. I didn't see it. So you you're didn't take see Mad Max? No. Uh, you see, uh, I, I feel bad saying I didn't like Mad Max because everyone else did everyone else liked it like i thought that the, the kind of production design and the, the character design was a little kind of creepy and off-putting i thought the action scenes were actually rather bland it was just a lot of clanging and loudness yeah i i didn't particularly care for any of the performances aside from maybe nicholas holt who i generally tend to like in most things especially warm bodies and he's beast and x-men yeah i really liked him in warm bodies i really liked warm bodies that's an underrated film yeah, but anyway. it's a solid zombie film but uh, I just didn't think there was much going for it. A lot of pr people praised it for the strong uh, female roles. Yeah, but if it's a boring film, who cares about the strong female roles? <laughs> I, I want good female roles, but I want good films too. And I thought it was just kind of like, uh, I didn't think it was a particularly great action film. There was a lot of hype around this film. A little bit of a spoiler for later. It didn't make the top our top five um, highest grossing films of the summer. No, it was. Uh, it, it actually just finished outside of the top five. It finished sixth. As yeah. I look at it now. Yeah, so... They, they, if we're excluding Fast 7. It, it was, uh, like, if you want to talk about a successful reboot to the franchise, it was that. Yeah. Uh, from what I heard, I can't comment too much. Uh, I will see it, but it's just one of those ones that kind of... Yeah, because uh, uh, we, we covered our, uh, in our list of films, we also mentioned Mr. Holmes, Pixels, uh, Magic Mike, and Terminator, none of which we've actually seen. Because we just didn't get to them. Those are the films we previewed back in, in June, but we yeah. didn't actually get to see. Because we only have so much money and... <laughs> time. And time. We, nearly, we nearly went to see Terminator. <laughs> they what? nearly got us. I, I, and I'll go see anything. And I, I'll, I'll say... I, I've said before, I won't go see this film. I won't go see that film. I'm not going to pay my money for that. But this one, I stuck to my guns because I just felt like... Um, it just, it just, it, it was just a, 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 a sequel for the sake of having a sequel, mm. uh, or or, or a, a reboot or whatever you want to call it. Um, I'll probably watch it eventually. Like it's, it's something that I watch if it ca I came across it and I didn't have to pay for it. Uh, but it, I, I don't know. I, I, I just really was not impressed at all by Terminator, Terminator Salvation. Really turned me off the franchise. Not even the return of Arnie or the kind of whole reboot scenario. Get to the chopper. I've 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 heard though if you if you take it as a comedy, it's actually really enjoyable. <laughs> that's that's the thing with things that are bad. Just take them in, in a light they're not intended to be, and it'll probably make them a small bit better. Biggest film of the summer, Ken. Gigantic, dinosaur-sized Jurassic World. I I was going to the cinema yesterday, and uh, people were coming out. And it, it just seen Jurassic World, I think, because it's still in there, I think. It's, oh, yeah, it's still going. It's it, still a monster dinosaur eating up people's like, money. And people were raving about how much they loved it. But I was just surprised because it's been about, it's been a month and a half or more now. Yeah, it's it? been a while. 
and it's still in. But like it's like one of those films like Avatar. It's gonna have a really, really, really long run in theaters. Yeah. Which kind of, I think, in some ways, inflates its gross because. Well, the ha- only reason it's still in there is because it's still making money, though. It's exactly. So like, it's like usually, like usually, sometimes films have an actual set run. It's like twelve weeks usually. I think something like that. Twelve. Uh, I thought it was like four. No, it depends. Like uh, with with the advent of Omniplex, there's the life cycle. Uh, well, yeah, I think because we our local, well, my local cinema is a five screen screen cinema. Yeah, exactly. Which is relatively small, I think, by most standards. Yeah, so like you know, by modern standards, where you have like cinemas that have up to twelve screens, uh, they the life cycle of a film is a lot longer. Mm. Um, but uh, it, it's gonna run and run. Like like I I remember like. I think it was three or four months by the time Avatar actually left. It was cinema. re-released by the, the end of the year again, wasn't yeah. it? And I think Jurassic Park is going to be the same. It, uh, I didn't think it would do that well. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think the Jurassic Park franchise was was one that people were really gagging for to get get back and go see. But Gar, you know, we we said it time and again. And I said it earlier in the podcast. Nostalgia is mm. big business. It's like. Uh, people loved the first Jurassic Park, and that was that was a monster hit. Yeah, like that one made loads of money. There's a strong, there was a strong feeling that they're going back to basics with this one. Uh, you know, forgetting about the antics of the with, Lost World and the, Jurassic the Park. The director right? Trevor McMorrow. Trevor McMorrow and Steven Spielberg was uh back in the. I can't say Trevor McMorrow. I'm sorry. Colin Trevorrow. Trevorrow, whatever. <laughs> you called him Trevor McMorrow in the yeah, podcast. I did, I did. <laughs> That's a throwback. But I'll uh, never let you live it down. <laughs> But I think it just kind of people kind of had faith that it was going to be good. And I really liked it. There's I people did. that mocked it for like being dumb. Of yeah. course it's dumb. It's a movie about dinosaurs. And the hope, the basic premise is it happened again. Yeah, with the Inodomosaurus Rex or whatever it was called. Yeah, uh, really good. I just thought like like Chris Pratt is a very good leading man. They yeah, but he's a, he's like an honest the goodness movie star again. He's like. He's huge. But it gave me exactly what I wanted. And I think that's why it yeah. made so much money. Because it, it delivers what you want. Dinosaurs uh, chomping at each other and Chris Pratt cracking jokes and running from dinosaurs and raptors riding alongside motorbikes. And it's everything you'd want in a Jurassic World film. Thrills, big set pieces. Um, Doesn't may- take itself seriously. Mayhem, like destruction, people getting eaten in some rather, rather graphic ways. Like yeah, and T-Rex. T-Rex is, T-Rex. T-Rex is a boss. Yeah. So, the T-Rex is the highlight of the film big thumbs up if, it's, if you haven't seen it yet it's still in theaters it's so still going it'll take probably the be there probably still be there at Christmas <laughs> take the opportunity we have our our, our double animated uh, films this this summer Ken it's like night and day I actually think I think there's like a, t- a tale of two animations here yeah there, there's the kind of mass appeal low on substance kind of crowd pleaser minions and then there's the supremely deep and extremely well made inside acclaimed. out and what is interesting is Minions made more money. Yeah, so far, anyway. Yeah. Um, it should be noted over this side of the world in, world in Europe that uh, Inside Out is, is just... Yeah, we, we want to go... Because when America got Minions... Uh, oh, sorry, when we got Minions, America got Inside Out. Yeah. And then when we got Inside Out, America got Minions. Yeah, so uh, there's still a, a, good, a, a lot of legs in terms of uh, Inside Out's cinematic run. Um all the way back in Cannes, the 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 real anticipation for this film started because it got sweeping review, yeah, uh, rave reviews, p- rave reviews. Um, you know, uh, was one of the highlights of the festival. Some people said, uh, I saw it last week, and it just delivered on every level that yeah, I wanted. It's it's Pixar with everything you want out of Pixar. It's boundlessly inventive with a really strong message. A strong message which ties the whole plot together. And uh, we talk about something that Tomorrowland missed. 
this is what we're talking about. It has a, a strong central message, which the whole film leads towards. Yep. Uh, and grounded on some tremendous performances. Yeah, and it's it's like and like I think it's a it's almost a seminal film because like there's a lot of of young people in America or anywhere that feel that way. Yeah, and it's I, I okay think, to be sad. It, I think it, it, it has it has people come to terms with with being a young adult so yeah like, and like i think they nailed how parents kind of approach their children being sad yeah you know that kind of oh where's my happy girl gone the idea that children always have to be happy they have to put on the happy face and that happy face is more for the parents than it is for yeah for the children themselves yeah and, and i you think that it's the other way around that parents put on a happy face for their children when they're stressed yeah. or they're worried about things but like that, but you forget that children feel a pressure to be happy for their parents as well so, yeah. so, so you because you don't want to upset them so it, that that was a really interesting part of it i think but it was it was also funny they they actually took took some risks in, ter- in terms of the animated style as well uh, did some different styles um but just really uh, uh like you know took took some some of the things that anim- that pixar have always done they like a uh, strong characters strong central message uh inventiveness in terms of like the approach with the style and how, how they like actually like, imagine the brain like where they have a literal train of thought yeah and they're little like, and the way they approach memories as well because yeah. there's a joke in the film where the, the there's a crew going through the men- memories and it's like uh american presidents uh, keep lincoln and washington dump the rest <laughs> <laughs> it's like you, you don't need this stuff so, like it's funny it's it's sensitive and i think it, it, it is up there with one of the most in, enjoyable films of the summer and w- one of the most memorable for me and it's one of pixar's best which yep. is saying something because they make a lot of good films and they had a little down spell they had their their sequels and princess films but they're back it's a serious return to form uh whereas minions it, it it's was, fine you know it's fine it's a, a lovable romp with your lovable silly minion characters where they're like bum ba 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 banana yay kill everybody bum ba ba minions i don't know i felt myself feeling like i like i knew it was a bit of a cash in i knew they were just making a film because the minions were successful and they wanted to make cash in on it but i felt myself going like, willing it to be more than it, it was it just felt inconsequential it's yeah. just it's just a film that's there for 90 minutes to kind of make you go ah, yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> i felt like it could have been more because well, the, the minions uh are in despicable me which have a lot of depth and a, a lot of emotion a lot of uh, most of that depth is surrounding the human characters while the minions are in the background and that's where they kind of work in the background doing their silly nonsense and you knew they'd do it but i just don't i i i i, I really can't see where they do a sequel they probably will but i i, I can't see them well this made the, the film made a lot of money so exactly but I, I i hope they just stick with the despicable me franchise rather than the minions franchise uh but from a financial point of view it was successful so they're going to keep doing it i probably mm-hmm. Uh, from a critical point of view, you're right. They they just don't. They're not strong enough to stand on their own. They're not. They're not. Uh, next up, a film you saw yesterday again, Mission I Impossible. I I'm Rogue going Nation. To... I knew you said Ghost Protocol, but that was the last one. That was the last one. Generic uh, tag name. <laughs> uh, the Syndicate. Yeah, but I, I I and it has some kind of generic. Uh, oh, it's, it's 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 like action film by formula you know it's just like this is an action thing this is an action thing this but is, they kind of embrace that exactly it's kind of like like it's a it's it's like it has some really familiar premises and you know setups but they do some really good stuff with it so it's i have to say i really really liked it i thought that it was it was well paced it's two hours which is long enough uh, but like i didn't feel myself squirming in my seat at any yeah. point um 
had, had really breathtaking action. And it had like, like I, I found this with the last one as well. I genuinely did not know how it was going to end up. As in like, I I, I had a, like a feeling of urgency that, that, like and 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 mystery which is like what you want from which is what you want from a spy film like 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 it's too often these days you're gonna know what's gonna happen yeah. but with the you know there was rumors that tom cruise was going to exit the franchise in, in the last film and you had the feeling it might happen this time as well so like i know i want to give spoilers but um they've announced another one yeah. <laughs> spoilers <Yeah. laughs> uh <laughs> but like i i am happy to keep on i i will keep on paying to see it because it like it, it it's just like it's a, it's just such a fun film it's just like really really enjoyable yeah from start to finish i i i would i would pay for more i i i i, I like this franchise it's a sturdy franchise it, it just delivers consistently for tom me. cruise like, makes good films now the first one as much as he's a whack job the first one is almost uh iconic at this stage well, revolutionary the yeah. second one not so great yeah the third one you know i thought like almost like the fa- the fast franchise they lost their way for a couple of films but then they kind of found the the, the right formula and they they, they delivered the formula they, but they kind of they kind of uh make it suitably uh di- you know like they make suitable changes so simon Pegg was a very good addition to the franchise as well i think yeah i think he kind of grounds it in reality where like tom cruise is a movie star but like Simon Pegg's just that guy there cracking jokes and yeah. being all like out of his depth. Exactly. And he's like the everyman. So like you could see, you, you can live vicariously through him. You say, you see yourself in him. Mm. Um, Tom Cruise, as you say, he makes good films, consistently good films. Oblivion, Edge of Tomorrow. Uh, this franchise just delivers every, like the last two films I thoroughly enjoyed. And like, I went in with a bit of cynicism for the last one and almost a bit of a, uh, a cautious uh for this one kind of like are they going too far by making another one i didn't even know it was coming out for a long time yeah it's one of those that kind of snuck up it's like sometime in like april it's like oh guys there's a mission impossible film this year it's like what well it's just like it's such a good franchise and like there was a rumor for a while that they're going to uh, like set it up that jeremy renner would take it over and boo but jeremy renner is not a, 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 a lead actor for he's me he's not he's a support character no he's the guy that stands in the background while uh, iron man and captain america and everyone else has their fun bands and he's just like hey guys i'm here too yeah, I think you said well, we tweeted about this yesterday, and you yeah. said he's devoid of charisma. Yeah, he has very little charisma. He's fine as a background player, just kind of in and around a film. It's like, oh, Jeremy Renner is over there doing his kind of bland thing. That's okay. <laughs> Everyone else is breaking the fun. Yeah, but uh, Tom Cruise makes these films like he's really committed. He's in in all aspects. Like he he's, he produces them obviously. Because Mission Impossible, the first one, was the first film he ever produced. So I think it's a franchise that's kind of close to his heart. It's his baby, yeah. And he does all the stunts. He really kind of he he runs. Yeah, that's all that you need to know. He does this silly, goofy, cartoonish running, and it's amazing. Exactly. I had a little chuckle every time I saw it. Every time you see him flailing his hands as if he's trying to like chop down, like he's in a karate studio chopping boards. Yeah. But the funny, the funny thing is, like, he just really tries his best to make it the best film possible, and it really, co- it really comes out on the screen. Like he really works hard to make it the best it can be, and he's at the center of all of it. He, like, he says, like. Why would I not do my own stunts? That's part of the fun of being an actor. Are yeah. you doing this kind of film? You know, he's fifty three. He's still buying it. He looks well for fifty three. He does. Uh, because there are John Stewart who just finished up in the show. He's fifty two. Yeah. <laughs> look at those two men sitting next to each other. Well, I, 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 I'm under no illusions. Tom's had a bit of work done, but uh, yeah. But and he like he he's he's just he's just a really solid actor, and he just de- delivers really enjoyable films. And like 
and I, I think we'll move on because we've said all we can say. But yeah, good film. Go see it. Good, definitely go see it. It's actually, I probably say it's one of the more enjoyable, most enjoyable ones of the film. And it, it like it has a lot of elements. It has comedy. It has action. It has suspense. It has thrills, twists and turns that you don't see coming. Not predictable. Like there's a really funny. Like there's a lot of comedy. There's a lot of laughs in there. Like uh, one of the, the the funniest parts of the film for me. I don't want to spoil too much, but basically. He, uh, through a botched uh, mission, he has been deprived of oxygen to his brain for several minutes and then decides to go on a high-speed chase. And he's loopy. And he's loopy. So uh won't spoil anything, but that's just... It's a good scene. It was it was just hilarious. Cause, uh, like, usually this guy's, like, super focused and, like... Yeah, or he's making- like... Ooh! Making all like the the, the turns on a on a dime and like making making concentration faces. Yeah, making concentration faces and driving like an expert, but he was just like driving with with oxygen deprived brain, just going like with poor Simon Pegg sitting in the passenger seat going. It's like it's like like he's like, are you okay to drive? And he's like, yeah. And he basically backs into another car and it speeds off. (laughs) Next up, Ken is a film I will defend the mediocrity of till the end of time. Again, I didn't see it, so you're going to have to take the lead on this one. I'm going to say this. Uh, I had a choice yesterday whether I wanted to see Mission Impossible or Fantastic Four, and I actually actively chose Mission Impossible. I won't deny that was the bad, wasn't a good choice because Mission Impossible is a much better film, Ken. But you, I'm he, every review I see of Mission uh, of Fantastic Four is like, this is a terrible film. This is one of the worst superhero films ever made. It's awful. It's terrible. It doesn't make sense. It does, it's a plot that goes nowhere. Bloody 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 blah. It's not. It's fine. It's another one of those films that the, the critics basically killed before it even came they out. They prejudged it. It's one of those that had one of those very tumultuous production, si- uh, uh, production cycles. Yeah, cycles. And people were like, uh, it's going to be terrible. And it had the baggage of the previous franchise being yeah. not so great. And it's just like, it's not a good film. Don't get me wrong. It's not. It's not particularly good. It's very kind of formulaic, you know. Oh, they, they build a thing. They get superpowers. They create the villain. They kill the villain. That's not spoilers. That's every superhero film ever. Yeah. But they, they adhere to that formula. For pretty... want of a better word, I just watched all the trailers and it looked just really grim and dark. Grim. Let's get us. Ben, ben, ben Grimm. I don't. It's actually not particularly dark. I think those trailers don't actually do the final film justice. It just made it look like it was really gloomy, and that's what probably turned me off. It. There is actually not all that much gloom. Yeah. It just looked really dark. All the trailers were in the dark. I don't know what. what I know they were strange because the trailers were very broody and kind of heavy and kind of like oh very big stakes world yeah. fantastic four if they made it more, if they made it more lighthearted, i probably would have been more convinced to go see it but I, i'm i'm against the, the kind of homogeneity of of, of superhero films because i mm-hmm. i'm a, a guy who prefers light and happy yeah i'm uh, on record as always preferring light and happy but you get this kind of prevailing opinion these days that every superhero film should be like the ones that disney are making yeah, and I don't think that should be the case. Yeah, you should get different to the superhero films with different styles. Yeah, I saw a, a review that acu- accused the director of not really knowing what the the values and the strong points of the franchise was. It kind of just missed the point of it, and it uh, like basically it didn't do anything to uh, to help rebooting the franchise. As in, there's a chance to just. Could, back in development hell again well yeah it's been in development hell for a while but as in like but this this could be another film where like Fox are very, very happy reboot happy but like uh, there's a chance that they could go back to the drawing board again with this because it, it, it's just I think this will make enough money to, to get a second one you think so? I think so I think in the end it'll it'll scrape probably I think it was made for 130 million it'll probably scrape about 300 million worldwide 
And I think they will try again because yeah. they, they do have a very talented group of actors playing the lead roles. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I, I, I've never been that enthused about the Fantastic Four. Yeah. Maybe I, it was the original franchise. Or like, the, the, the very naff 90s cartoon. Yeah. So I, you didn't like the X-Men cartoon, so you're weird. Yeah, I am weird. But like in terms of Fantastic Four, I don't, uh, they just don't excite me that much. And but they should, but they just don't. This, this film is not terrible. This film is fine. <laughs> It's okay. not a good film. It's not a bad film. It's a fine film. It's, it's a film I went to see. I didn't have particularly good popcorn, which should have put me in a bad mood. I should have hated it because popcorn makes a film, essentially. Everyone knows that. Duh. <laughs> Duh. But I still was like, this is okay. You know, it's, I, I, it's, a, it's a Chronicle who uh, Josh Trank directed. I think it's a similar-ish film to Chronicle. Which was successful and I don't in, think, in its objectives. I didn't think... I thought it was also fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I really liked the premise of it. The, the powers and stuff. That was cool. Yeah, but it's like, okay, this is okay. Yeah, I think... Yeah, that that's Fantastic Four. It's fine. Stop saying it's the worst film of all time. It's not. It's fine. It's fine enough to go see it? Probably not. Go see Mission Impossible. Go see other good films. But <laughs> stop saying this is the worst film ever. It's not. It's fine. The only other, other film is Ted 2, which I, you, I don't think you've seen. I, think I haven't it, seen it. Nope. I covered this. Um... It had a richer premise, as it had more, like more depth in terms of the premise. It didn't do a whole lot to delve into that, but it did create some some kind of some kind of emotional moments. There was some funny throwbacks to the first film, and uh, you know, uh, Mark Wahlberg, yeah, as much as he's good in action films, his wheelhouse is comedy. He's like, he just, yeah, he's much better. Actually. He's really good. Like, it's just that kind of deadpan, kind of clueless thing. He does really well. Uh, and it, like and Seth MacFarlane, as much as it's basically Peter Peter Griffin, he, he do, I, that annoys me. Could he at least bear. do a different voice? It's Peter Griffin as a teddy bear. He, does he have to do the Peter Griffin voice for as for a teddy Ted? Bear. But uh, there's some really funny gags in there. Some really funny set pieces. Uh, a true popcorn movie, like like basically go in, turn your brain off, laugh. Uh, I don't think it has much long ne- longer left in it in the cinema. But like if you can find find it on DVD or. Or Netflix in the yeah, future. Yeah, it's, it's a Netflix film, isn't it? It's something that you that 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 you that you you'll watch, you'll laugh. It's a night in sitting on the couch with some popcorn, and you you'll enjoy it. Um, uh, it's it's been successful as far as I know. It's, uh, it's it hasn't been as successful in the fir- as the first one. It kind of it it went a little below expectations. Below expectations, but probably enough to justify a third one. They're probably going to go for a third one. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think they might just get Seth MacFarlane to do something else. Yeah, because though a million ways to die in the West didn't do too hotly either. Yeah, because like they found a kind of a winner with Ted, and I think I think people there's like a certain section of the cinema going audience that will go see Ted films yeah. as long as they're made. You yeah. Know? So, um, but we're gonna we're gonna polish off our summer movie review with a top five grossing films of the summer. Summer. Uh, this this should be it should be noted that we're not including Furious Seven controversially nope. yep it's, it's too early in april it's not the summer spring but it would have finished second <laughs> yeah i mean 1.511 billion yeah this franchise goes from strength to strength we talked about this it just before. keeps on going yeah just keeps on going uh the top film of the summer unsurprisingly jurassic world jurassic park uh park a sequel well it's direct sequel to jurassic park yeah 1.563 billion dollars it is the third highest grossing film of all time and it's closing in on second yeah the the fast uh fury 7 held the third highest grossing film of all time record for about two months yeah and i was like oh avengers has been dumped down to fifth actually yeah the original avengers got pushed down yeah avengers age of ultron number two 1.4 billion 
Uh, it's, it's, it's pocket change. Yeah, Universal actually broke all kind of box office records this year because Universal make Jurassic World and Universal make Fury Seven, and then they have stuff like Pitch Perfect and those, uh, the, which kind of made kind of modest money. And Universal as a studio was kind of quiet for a few years. Like, yeah. You didn't see them doing a lot of things, but they're kind of back dominating. Hollywood and they don't again. have any superhero films, which is kind yeah. of remarkable that they've they broke in the worldwide box office record in July. Yeah. They broke it in July. So they have another like five months worth of films to add to that. Mm-hmm. And they don't have a superhero franchise. But like they kind of really they've really, really established themselves as the as the lead. And they've they've because uh, they work with legendary pictures to kind of uh co fund things with them. Yeah. So I think that's how they've been kind of churning stuff out. And that's that's the way you kinda of do it sometimes, just to kinda of just build up the, the money and build up mm. the 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 good the good grace with the audiences. Uh, in the numbers three and four, we had our animated head-to-head, Ken. Yeah. As one would have expected, the animated films made lots of money, but Minions made more. Minions made $865 million, whereas Inside Out made $605 million as of this date. Yeah, but as you say, it's, it's already into its run over in Europe and other territories kind of like Asia and Russia. So it, it, it could you know, surpass uh, Minions in time. Um, you're always going to make, like, animated films, you're always going to make money in Especially summer. in the summer, yeah. Like, um, you you have kids. You have your kids. You're going to take them to cinema. You only have so many choices. Uh, now obviously you want to take them to a good animated film because uh, Inside Out is uh, by far the better film. But Minions, so yeah, they're cute, adorable, and marketable. So uh, very surprising number five. Now bear in mind these are worldwide grosses, so uh, s- some films do much better internationally. Yeah. Uh, number five. San Andreas, starring was, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Which was, I haven't seen it. it Neither was, have I. It was Didn't considered bother. disappointing domestically, as far as I heard. Yeah. But it made $461 million. It made a lot of money in the likes of Russia and China, I think. So I think that's another universal film as well. So Yeah, so there you go. Good for them. <laughs> but um, I think, more. if I remember correctly, we more or less predicted that the Avengers, Minions, and Jurassic Park would and top Inside the box Out. office. I think we, we predicted those four. I didn't predict Inside or uh, San Andreas. We did so. it, Gar. We predicted the top ends. Of, we of predicted the, the top four. Or you can go back and listen and see how smart we were. Episode two. Uh, okay, again. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot. What was your film of the summer? My favorite film of the summer. Good question. Mine was Jurassic World. Um... I would have to say that uh, mine was the same. I think it was the film that delivered the most for me. Close second, actually, surprisingly, Mission Impossible. Yeah. It just actually really gave me... Uh, it actually gave me... Uh, I actually walked out of the cinema going... I was actually like... like you know, you only <laughs> Happy. Go, walk out of the cinema going, I really enjoyed that. You know, like... Yeah. And then like, oh. Yeah. Like, I, I, like, and left me wanting to see more. So, uh, I think Jurassic Park gave me the most. And then Avengers probably third for me. Yeah, Jurassic Park is... Or Jurassic World is exactly what I want in a summer blockbuster. Mm-hmm. relatively good humored doesn't take itself too seriously super dumb i like dumb films yeah dumb films are fun yeah you don't every film doesn't have to be like a deep reflection of the human spirit yeah you can just be dinosaurs eating each other <laughs> it's all i care about and <laughs> they use the theme song yes michael, didn't, uh, i liked it a lot less michael gitino didn't have the arrogance not to use michael uh, john williams soundtrack because john would, williams is a freaking genius uh where does ant-man lie in your in your top in your top card. would it make the top five <sighs> i like that man yeah uh one would be jurassic park two would be inside out i think three would be ant-man 
Yeah. I I I I liked it more than the Avengers. It's really underperformed as far as their expectations, but it, it's been about in line with the the first phase of the Marvel films, though. So. But yeah, as much as he's as he's a, a, an important character in the comics, like he's a founding member of the Avengers. Nobody impo- knows who he is. Important to the nerds, he is a B character in terms of films. Uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy was. Uh, in some ways an anomaly with how much money it made yeah because they're almost B characters as well they're yeah. a team of B characters but that's probably why it appealed to people but that one does, that one just hit well whereas this one was a really good film but it, it didn't and people weren't like this is the best film ever which people kind of were for a little while with Guardians Jared, I, want to, I want to revise my list I think uh, I think like more than I really think about it I think Inside Out was probably my favorite film of the year ooh somebody yeah. didn't think through his list yeah it's just like oh yeah Inside Out came out yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's a film I love. So <laughs> I'd say Inside Out, Jurassic Park, and Avengers. Ant-Man of four and a five. Uh, Mission Impossible. I don't know, but Fantastic Four at five, just to spite people. Yeah. There's still Paper Towns and Hitman to come this summer. Nerd Rage, yeah. Uh, we, we actually plan to go see a Paper Towns. And we, 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 we'll talk about it in a future podcast, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, Pitch Perfect. So like uh, some of the other, other summer grosses, we have... Uh, Mad Max made 368 million which is good Terminator 318 probably disappointing for them still a little to go as well though yeah Ant-Man 301 still a bit to go though Uh, Pitch Perfect 2 which was considered uh, an adequate but not like Pitch Perfect sequel Uh, oh hey yeah yeah, uh, two hundred eighty-three million. So that was that, made for thirty million dollars. Yeah, as well, it does. So take that into account. Are always made to be spy a surprise hit at two hundred thirty-three. I think we said that was going to be a surprise hit, guy. You were yeah, and again, that was made for very little money. Uh, Tomorrowland, well, uh, comparatively very little money. Thirty million dollars is a lot of money. Tomorrowland, two hundred four million, which is an absolute it flop broke, as far as Disney concerned. It broke even, I'd imagine. Yeah, which is all right, but yeah, yeah. It didn't it didn't really take the world by storm for a vehicle with um, George Clizzle. So, uh, overall thoughts, what, what do you what do, what do you think of the summer season? I thought it was a relatively good summer season. Yeah, a lot of sequels, and we're going to get a lot of sequels to these films. Yeah, which I'm not sure I'm on board with, but going forward, we're going to have a lot of sequels. That's just like the way when, when you look at these films, Avengers is going to have a sequel. Mad Max will probably have a sequel. Jurassic World is definitely having a sequel. Inside Out probably won't. Yeah, Pixar probably. I, I don't see them going back to that one. No, Minions definitely will. Ant Man will. Uh, Mission Impossible will Fantastic Four might Ted might Terminator probably will and uh, Spy I think I think they'll drag Spy up for a second as well yeah so um, so that's you're going to be seeing a lot of these films again (laughs) overall it was a successful season probably the most uh, I've ever gone to the cinema in in a long time in in recent years so there was enough to to bring me out to the theatres it's one of my favourite pastimes anyway but like like but uh, I did stick to my guns on films though. Like, I, like usually I'll go see something just because I want to go see a film. But I actually like I actually stuck to my principles and did not pay my money. <laughs> didn't go see Terminator or Fantastic Four because it just it just genuinely did not interest me, and I I didn't. Care. Fantastic Four is fine. It's fine, but it's like, fine. It, yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But that's not enough to make me part with my ten euro. But it's, it's uh, like a five out of ten film. It's fine. And we still some big ones to come this year, Ken. Still some big ones. We have Star Wars, The Final Hunger Games, uh, Spectre. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, like these, these are going to be big challenges to Star Wars. Back. Star Wars in particular should be huge, and the Final Hunger Games, I think, will do very good business. Even though I don't like those and, films. And uh, the last bit, James Bond broke a billion. I think partly, partly because it was a long time we waited, like six. Was it? And it was, it was a, a 
five years. Yeah, it was like an anniversary. That. It was the 50th anniversary as well. And that's a great film. 2008, though. 2012. So it was about four years. Skyfall is a great Because there was another development hell and, you know, rights issues thing. And, you know, because uh, uh, Metro Gold Mayor almost went under. But now they're making more films than ever. So that's weird. But uh, Spectre... Uh, is it going to make as much money? I don't know because I think there was a huge anticipation. People were clamoring for another James Bond film. Uh, Sam Mendes was at the helms and he made a really good film. Uh, so I think that now that this is going to back to business as usual, we're going to having a regular a regular sequel. Going to uh, you know it's a, a Bond film, a timely sequel. I don't think it's going to do as much money because I think I think they, they might ride the uh, ride the momentum of Skyfall. Although yeah. the film will do really well. Oh, it will. But like the gap in 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 films boosted skyfall i think i just hope it's as good as skyfall yeah skyfall is like probably the best uh of of the rebooted franchise probably the best bond film ever uh star wars it's probably i think star wars is gonna have a chance at at breaking at at the top of the list i think it it could happen i think it all depends how good it is how good it is because if it's not very good you'll get the nerd rage and that'll that'll kind of hurt the kind of casual viewer yeah who listen to these people for some reason well you know there's kind of it creates a buzz yeah and if it's a positive buzz it'll drive those people in if it's a negative buzz it'll drive them away yeah so time will tell Uh, let us know your thoughts on the best and the worst of the summer movies and which films that are, are yet to come that you're anticipating on social media you can reach out to us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash twskk and you can also tweet us at TWSKK. We will be right back to say sayonara. You're listening to the Weekend Show Podcast with Ken Kidney. Download every Sunday at soundcloud.com slash the weekend show. Okay, movie maniacs. If you're out there listening, thank you for taking the time to click play on the podcast. And thank you for downloading also. We've seen a few downloads recently. Our people have actually started to download it. Ooh, they want to take us with them. Take, take us with them everywhere they go. You can find a new episode every Sunday at soundcloud.com forward slash the weekend show and all good podcast providers, including iTunes. Uh, only iTunes, actually. <laughs> so, yeah, all good providers, Oscar podcast providers. You know, like that one that everyone uses. Don't use anything else. Use iTunes. iTunes. Find us on iTunes. Find us on iTunes. You can follow us on facebook.com forward slash TWSKK and on Twitter at TWSKK. And let us know your thoughts on the show and the, the summer movie season. We're, we're interested to know. If you want us to talk about anything, actually, if you want us to uh, do a spotlight on anything in particular, let us know. Let us know. What, what, what do you want to hear from us? And we will, we will tweet back. We're nice like that. Our theme music is by Mr. Drawn. And until next time, say goodbye, Gar. Bye-bye. Take it easy, everybody.